Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome in, Sports Nights, October 24th, a couple days out from the this past weekend in college football, I'm joined by my BSL college football analyst, Mike Lowe. Mike, looking back on this past weekend, what was your take on Ohio State beating Penn State? Well, um, yeah, there's a good bit to say about that. And, um, you know, my thing has always been, uh, you know, out of respect for the winner, I'll talk about them first, even though I think we're probably going to have a lot more to say about the loser in this instance. Um yeah, Ohio State, um, you know, I think uh, they they answered some questions. Uh, their, their defense, I thought it was really good. And as it turns out, they played a fantastic game. Um, so I think, uh, you know, this is probably the best defense they've had maybe in the whole Ryan Day era, you know, since, uh, you know, going back to the Urban Meyer days when, you know, it seems like they just churned out NFL defensive linemen like they you know grow them like weeds I don't know um so yeah great day for their defense you know their offense uh you know they still struggle to run the ball um I thought they did a better job than I would have expected when it came to uh protecting Kyle McCord I think uh you know they give him they gave him more time than I thought he would typically have um that didn't prevent him from missing some throws but he hit on just enough of them that uh you know, they got the job done. Um, so, you know, Ohio State is, uh, they're a playoff contender. I still don't think they're as complete a team as Michigan is. Um, and, you know, we can talk about Michigan if you want in the future they face. Um, you know, that might be an interesting couple of weeks for them. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, Ohio State is uh, very much in the college football playoff um, picture and it sounds like we're just kind of uh, headed straight for that um, season finale, regular season finale where they uh, go up against Michigan and that's going to be a de facto play in for the playoff because we know whoever comes out of the West isn't going to challenge either one of them. Let's uh, stick on Penn State for a second. So uh, James Franklin, he's recruited that you know, not the uh, elite of the elite level, but a really high level recruiting wise consistently. They've had a lot of success, but they haven't been able to break that next threshold uh, of, you know, being above uh, Ohio State and Michigan. So uh, if you're looking at the Penn State program, what, you know, what are your thoughts? You just keep uh, well, running back? You know, I... <laughs> Well, uh, you know, they are locked into him for a long time and a lot of money contractually. So if they, you know, decide to pull the plug, it, it's going to cost them anytime soon. You know, you mentioned recruiting, and, and it's funny, um, you know, Kyle McCord, who was the Ohio State's quarterback, and the two leading receivers in that game, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian Fleming, um, for Ohio State, all three of those guys are from Pennsylvania. Um, all three of them ended up at Ohio State. 
So, you know, it, it kind of feels like, well, maybe, you know, they're not, re they're re like you say, it, they recruited a high level, but not at an elite level. And they're letting some guys leave their own backyard, uh, you know, guys who are true difference makers now, um, you know, and so you can't let those guys get away. How did you let Marvin Harrison Jr. get away? I know, you know, Ohio State, you know, they've, they've just traditionally, you know, at least in recent years, been terrific at churning out wide receivers. Um, but still, you, you can't let guys like that get away from you. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I, I think, you know, Penn State fans, a lot of them, I would say a non-insignificant amount of them have probably arrived at the same conclusion I've pretty much gotten to now. And that was that Penn State is firmly entrenched in the Big Ten in a tier all to themselves. And that's both good and bad because clearly they always have been and always will be better than the likes of Maryland, Michigan State, and, you know, pick whatever team you want to name in the West Division. Um, but they're just not up there at the top with Ohio State. And, you know, after after a down period, now Michigan has joined Ohio State in that upper echelon um, in the conference. And I, you know, we talked about this last week when we were talking about that game. And I, I really thought, okay, this is Penn State's opportunity. This is their chance. And they blew it. And I think, you know, we probably have to acknowledge that, you know, this is just who they are under James Franklin. Very good team, um, you know, in his 10 seasons there. I, I think this is his 10th season. Um, you know, in the previous nine, you know, four times they won 11 games. They won nine games another year. Um, but they're just, they, they're, there's a ceiling there. There's a hard ceiling there, and he's not been able to break through it. And, you know, 10 seasons in, I think it's fair to say, you know, until he proves otherwise, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think that the summation there is right. It's it's the ceiling until it's not. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, there's a I, lot I, the there. evidence is there. You know, we we've got right. enough seasons of evidence, and you know, I, you know, he was an all he has an offensive background, uh, but he's not really considered an offensive savant. I, I was never impressed with him when he was offensive coordinator at Maryland. Um, you know, he got a head coaching dot. He, you know, in three seasons, he won nine games twice at Vanderbilt. You're, you're a good coach if you can do that. He is a good coach. I am not questioning that. It's just, is he an elite coach? Um, you know, when you talk about the quarterbacks he's had there, I mean, you know, Trace McSorley is probably the best quarterback he has developed in his nine plus seasons there. And, you know, he won a lot of games for Penn state. Um, you know, what did he end up being? I, what, what round did the Ravens take him in? Um, do you remember? Uh, fifth or six, maybe. Yeah. He, you know, he was kind of a late round flyer and um, you know, I think he's in the NFL, you know, since I think the Ravens caught him after, the second season, he's just kind of bounced, bounced around practice squads. You know, that's the pinnacle of quarterback that Penn State has put out in the James Franklin era. You had, you know, all those years of Sean Clifford, and I'm not trashing on him. He was pretty good. Meanwhile, for I think it was two, maybe three seasons, if, if you count, you know, true freshman season, you had Will Levis sitting there on the bench 
And, you know, he finally leaves, goes to Kentucky, which is not exactly a quarterback factory and plays his way into being a second round NFL draft pick. So, you know, you wonder, okay, you know, development, um, you know, recognizing talent are these issues for him at the quarterback position, Um, you know, Drew Aller, he was a five-star player. So obviously, you know, the recruiting ranking is there. The respect from the recruiting services is there as far as the recruit, um, is the recruit status. Um, I'm not going to close the book on the guy, but based on James Franklin's track record, I'm not sure, uh, you know, if I'm Drew Aller, if that's the best place to be, if you want to stick around there for a couple more years. And the only other point I would make is you mentioned they're in a tier unto themselves in the Big Ten, uh, which is true until next year. Uh, and, That's a great point, and I and I was going to mention that too. Is you know all of a sudden now <laughs> things things change next year, and so we're talking about okay, well, fourteen playoff, all right, but hey, you know, twelve team playoff, you know, Penn State can get in there. Like, well, can they now? Because remember, you've got the likes of Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA coming to town, too, who are going to be competing for those other spots. So where does Penn State sit when you get those schools in the mix? You know, we'll see, but it certainly raises the bar. uh, I agree if you just, you know, even without, I I didn't realize uh, that he had, Franklin had a, a uh, longer contract and a lot of money over it. I hadn't done my homework there, but even not knowing that, I, I wouldn't make the change. I mean, they've had a lot of success. It's just, and the fact that you haven't broken through past Michigan and Ohio State, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a crippling thing. I mean, and remember, this is Penn, I mean, this is Michigan and Ohio State. I mean, there's a, there's a yeah. lot of programs that, that, that aren't going to uh, surpass that even with the expectations and history that Penn State brings. But uh, but it is fair what you said. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. decade. It's a decade there with Franklin. And at some point you'd wonder what's going to be the change. So don't yeah. know what the answer is there, but uh, interesting to discuss. Yeah. As you I'll just sum you- up. I mean, I think you nailed it when you said expectations. And obviously there is a history there. You know, they, they've won a couple national titles, um, you know, and, it's in the distant past, but, you know, they, they were among those teams that were competing for titles and, um, you know, listen, you know, there, you can, of 130 FBS schools, chances are 100, you know, 10 to 120 of them would be absolutely thrilled to, you know, win nine, 10 games every year, go play in major bowls and that sort of thing. And, you know, come up just a little short against the elite schools like Michigan and Ohio state. Is that Penn State's, uh, you know, their their fans and their boosters, are they going to be happy with that? I'm not so sure. Let's go back to Michigan. They've now surpassed Georgia as the betting favorite for the national title. The Wolverines have not played one ranked team, but they are rolling everyone on their schedule. It seems to me their uh, play is only raising as we get closer to the regular season. Your uh, Your current take on Michigan. Well, we just seem to be learning more and more about this. Um, you know, I, I, I think maybe it, it, it's uh, well, well, first, let's talk about the on field stuff. You're absolutely right. I don't think, um, you know, just because you don't play an elite schedule does not mean you are an elite team. They are doing exactly what you're supposed to do uh, when you're playing inferior opponents. Uh, you know, 
none of their games have been even close. Um, they looked the part. There are, you know, those who will say, well, you know, what will happen when, you know, the time comes when they are faced with some adversity? Will they be prepared to handle that? Um, and, and by adversity, I mean on the field. We will get in, We can get into the off the field stuff if you like. Um, but yeah, that that they haven't faced that at this point, and they aren't going to face it until you know they end up uh, you know facing a team that is of the caliber that could you know pretty much ruin their season. Um, you know, I, I don't know how they'll respond to that. Uh, you know, some people put a lot of stock into that; others don't. Um, you know, I, I kind of go back and forth on that, but I, I don't think there's any question. They've been, they were my preseason number one, and they still are my number one team. That has not changed at all. Um, you know, this off the field stuff, uh, you know, with the, with the sign stealing, um, that just seems to get more and more interesting. Now, uh, it, it kind of made news out here that uh, last season they sent this, uh, this guy on their staff um, who, you know, is kind of at the center of all this. He bought a ticket to last year's Oregon-Washington game. Actually, two, no, one ticket. And um, then immediately flipped it to somebody who presumably went there and, you know, uh, it was on the Washington side, so he would have been pointed at the Oregon bench. Oregon was ranked number six going into that game, so maybe Michigan was uh, trying to get a, an early look at um, – you know, the signs for a potential playoff opponent. But anyway, um, it, it's an interesting conundrum because I've heard it speculated that, you know, maybe this is a Big Ten issue more than an NCAA issue. If it is, what is the Big Ten going to do? Obviously, you've got 13 members who are pretty unhappy about this. Meanwhile, you've got one member who was maybe your best playoff hopeful. Do you really want to, you know, hand down a harsh penalty on them and um, potentially ruin the chance to get, you know, one, maybe even two teams into the playoff, depending on, you know, how things shake out for Ohio State? Um, yeah, I don't know there. Um, uh, start I'm, of the I'm season, interested to see where this goes. Start of the season, Harbaugh was uh, – uh, that suspension, that was a Michigan Yeah, suspension, that was related to, uh, you know, a recruiting violation during the COVID dead period. Um, you know, and, and that's still going through the NCAA. That suspension was hand, given to them by Michigan, not the NCAA. The NCAA is certainly free to add more on to that once they're finally done, if they so choose. We'll see. Um yeah, they just, uh, you know, it's, this just adds more fuel to the fire to those who say that, Mich you know, Harbaugh is just itching to get back to the NFL and maybe he's going to, you know, pull a Pete Carroll and leave Michigan before the hammer really drops on them. Although the NCAA kind of handles things differently nowadays than they did back, uh, back when USC got whacked. Who would you like better than Florida State right now on a neutral field? Obviously, you have Michigan as your overall favorite, so that's going to be one. But sticking to their ACC competition, uh, Florida State's ACC competition, each of UNC, Louisville, and Duke have a conference loss at this point. You see any scenario where an undefeated Seminoles team doesn't make the CFP and again, uh, who would you like better than Florida State on a neutral field? Um, you know, I'm I'll take either, you know, Michigan. I would take Ohio State against them. I would take Georgia. Um, I think, uh, you know, either Washington or Oklahoma, um, 
Oregon, Alabama, those are pretty even matchups. I might lean um, Florida State in those just because I do think, you know, offensively uh, they've got the playmakers, the elite playmakers to, um, you know, to, to overcome those teams. Um, you know, I, so basically I, I, would, I would say Georgia, Michigan, maybe Ohio State, probably Ohio State. I would I would favor those three over Florida State if they met on the neutral field right now. But to your question, um, you know the the teams I rattled off there: Georgia, um, either Michigan or Ohio State, Washington, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma. You would essentially to have that conversation of an unbeaten Florida State team not making the playoff. You would need an unbeaten Power Five champion uh, from each of the other Power Five conferences. Excuse me. Um, just to start to have that conversation, um, which, you know, it's never happened in the playoff era. I doubt it happens this year. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of uh, head down a rabbit hole you know, that we're not likely to have to visit here. Um, but- Did you, so you do think it has to be an undefeated team. You don't think they – so let's say you have Georgia and Michigan as two, uh, and you have – Texas beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, and then you have uh, Oregon or Washington as a one-loss Pac-12 team. You don't think uh, those four, the one-loss teams, would get in over uh, Florida State? No, 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 no. Um, yeah, listen. Yeah, I mean, let's look back at you know Clemson when they were kings of the ACC, and you know there were so many seasons when really nobody in the ACC challenged them, and yet you know from 2015 through 2020 they never missed the playoff. Um, you know, I think there were one or two seasons. But the Pac-12 there. during that period was was completely. The Pac-12 was was I mean, down. The you know, the Big 12 had, a, yeah. had some down years. I, I I don't see it. I don't, I don't see. Yeah, and keep in mind, you know, Florida State has that um, very convincing win over LSU. Alabama. Uh, yeah, LSU, and they also, uh, you know, they'll have another SEC game then the year. Uh, they also had uh, they they did have the Clemson win as as well, which you know is still something. Um, I mean, they, and, you know, they've and, had some close games when they really shouldn't have. Um, you know, thinking specifically that Boston College game, um, you know, that that almost slipped away from them. Um, there might have been another one in there. I but still, I I don't think um, you know I don't think you're going to see them get punished for that. I mean, shoot. It, you heard about what happened to Oklahoma and Washington, um, you know, Texas this yeah. past weekend, you know, they all got taken down, uh, you know, to the final moments of the game almost. And, uh, you know, they, they managed to pull it out. So yeah, I, I hope I you're right. The like is forgiving, you know, when teams don't necessarily have their A game, but they still find a way to win. I hope you're right. I like that Florida state team. Um, yeah, well, at least like like the weapons. Uh, yeah, they I go thirteen they... and zero. There's just I, I I just see no way that they don't get in if they go thirteen and zero. And because one, I don't think you're going to have a champ a champ from any of the. You're you're going to have at least one champion from the other four that's going to have a loss. Uh, I firmly yeah. believe that. And I, a one loss team is not going to get in ahead of a thirteen and zero Florida State. Don't see it. Can't see it. Oregon versus Alabama on a neutral field. Who's favored? Who would you take? That's a fun matchup here. So, you know, I kind of 
popped around the internet and modeled that. And, um, you know, the couple that I did, both of them favor Oregon uh, by you know, anywhere from uh, seven to 10 points in that range. Um, you know, clearly the matchup you want to see is Oregon's offense going up against Alabama's defense. Um, I think, you know, that that's obviously, uh, you know, those are the, the, the money side of the ball for both teams. Um, you know, Oregon, you know, one of the best offenses in the country, uh, you know, very balanced in both rushing and passing, um, you know, solid offensive line, um, you know, solid quarterback in Bo Nix. Alabama, um, you know, their defense lately, the more I watch them, it's, it's kind of remarkable. They just seem to get better and better as the game wears on. And by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, they're just absolutely lights out. Uh, you know, the past several games, um, you know, I think they've been trailing at halftime. Um, you know, they trailed at halftime, you know, obviously against Tennessee. They did against Texas A&M. Can't remember if they were trailing against Ole Miss or not, and then they just come out in the second half, and the opposing offense just gets absolutely nothing, and they just get better and better and better as the game goes on, which is the antithesis of what you would expect. You you think a defense usually wears down a bit as the game goes on, and you know maybe you can score on them. That's hasn't been the case with them. Um, you know when you talk about uh, you know the other side, Alabama's offense against uh, Oregon's defense. Um, you know Alabama doesn't run the bell well at all. They're you know they they hit big passing plays. Um, um, you know Milrose seems to he throws a really pretty deep ball when he gets enough time to do it. And, um, and Jermaine Burton, he seems to have found, uh, you know, his game-breaking receiver. So that would be a big concern for Oregon because the Ducks do tend uh, to give up a lot on big plays, explosive plays. That's a problem for them. And so I think this would be a much closer game than the models um, that I've seen. And I might even lean Alabama just a smidge just because of their – you know, the ability they've shown uh, these past several games to hit on some big passing plays uh, that Oregon struggles to stop. And so I'm not sure maybe the Ducks offense could outscore them. Um, that would be a fun matchup, though. So I'm glad you picked that one. It's a uh, good food for thought. What, what, what do you think? Who would you take or who would you favor? Uh, I, I've always liked the Ducks, kind of always root for the Ducks, and I would probably never uh bet against alabama <laughs> yeah that's i mean you know if i was vegas i would probably set that you know i would probably favor oregon by you know somewhere around a field goal um you know two and a half three and a half i mean tops. this isn't a, this isn't vintage crimson tide they don't have the typical lines they usually do but um yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I mean, you know, teams get after teams get after Jalen Milrow pretty good. God, it seems like he gets sacked five or six times every game, um, and, and it's not all on the offensive line. He's a very mobile quarterback, and so he does try to extend plays. And you know, when you're when you play that style, you're going to take more sacks. Um, so part of that is him. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know the. Alabama's defensive line is solid, but yeah, the offensive line struggles. And, and again, they just really don't run the ball. I think they, they only average like 3.4 yards per carry. That's pretty anemic. 
All right, quick hits here the rest of the way. Uh, how would you power rank the power conferences? Yeah, so we, we talked about this, and I'm just going to go straight up top to bottom, and um, you, know, you, you can tell me what you think, yay or nay. Um, I'm going to say the – I'm actually going to say the SEC barely nudges out the Pac-12 uh, for the first place spot. So it, it's it's almost a 1 and 1A scenario, um, but I'll, I'll put the SEC 1, Pac-12 1A. Um, I got the Big Ten third, and then uh, I actually lean I, – I lean Big 12 for fourth and then uh, ACC at number five. Yeah, I think I'm generally uh, aligned a few. I, I I could go with the Pac-12 over the SEC this year, but you know, if you were doing a Pac-12 SEC challenge this week with all the, if you could match up everybody, yeah, SEC, you know, it's a 12-team conference and a 14-team conference, so you know, yeah. who sits out for the SEC? Then the SEC would probably be favored, uh, I, I think, in more in more matchups, but I think uh, when you get to that middle tier, uh, you know, the mid to lower tier, I, I think the SEC is going to be a little bit stronger there. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know that anybody, um, you know, at, at the top of the PAC 12, you know, they, you know, Washington, you know, Oregon might make a game of it with Georgia. I still think about that opening game last year when Oregon played Georgia, and, you know, what a beat down that was. And so I'm like, uh, you know, this this isn't the same Georgia team. And we'll, we'll talk about them because they have uh, game one of the uh, no Brock Bowers era coming up. Yep. Yeah, let's get to that. Games of the week, Georgia versus Florida. Yeah, this is uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. The time is here. Neutral site in Jacksonville. Um, we got uh, Georgia is a 14 and a half point favorite. Um, I'm feeling an upset against the spread in this one, uh, especially, again, this is Georgia's first game without Brock Bowers in, uh, gosh, when, when was it? 21. So it, it's over two years. Um, yeah, I, I'm not real sure what to expect from them and, um, you know, their offense. So, uh, I think Florida can keep this one close enough to cover. So, uh, I, I mean, Georgia's going to win. I don't think Florida's, uh, got that kind of upset in them, but I think maybe this will be a little closer than expected. So, uh, give me the Gators getting 14 and a half. Uh, those aforementioned Oregon Ducks travel to Utah. Yeah, this is a this is a toughie. Uh, you know, I never want to bet against the Utes at home. I can't remember the last time they lost at home. It's been a while, um, and the Ducks are actually a six and a half point favorite in this one. Now, Utah's offense is absolutely terrible, and ignore what they did against USC last weekend because everybody scores on USC. Um, you know, the Pop Warner team, you know, down the street could score on USC. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't feel good about this one for Oregon. Utah just always seems to find a way to win. I mean, they are the ultimate grinders. And, um, so give me the Utes in this one. Uh, ACC matchup, uh, Duke at Louisville. Yeah, Duke, uh, that was quite a heartbreaker for, uh, the Blue Devils last week. They, uh, they held the lead 
you know, at the start of the fourth quarter at Florida State, and then uh, Riley Leonard re-injures his ankle, and um, it all just kind of went downhill for them after that, gave up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and you know, the final score made it look like it wasn't even close, but um, gosh, for a little over three quarters, that was that was a heck of a game, and the Florida State really had a fight on their hands. Uh, Louisville is actually a four-point favorite at home. Um, you know, I it's not yet known what Riley Leonard's status on this is going to be. I've been trying to, you know, see what I can find, but as they tend to be, everybody's a little tight-lipped on these things. Um, you know, I think Duke's is Duke is going to bounce back from this one. I, I, I think their defense is just too good. And um, so I'm actually going to take them uh, definitely to cover, and I think I'm going to take them to win. So um, getting plus four, I, I like Duke there. Uh, last game to look at, Ohio State at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, the only – I don't think Ohio State's going to have a letdown here. Um, I don't think it's uh, – Really, Wisconsin. Yeah, they they've been. I yeah they they do lead the West Division in the Big Ten right now after after that Iowa loss. Um, but I I don't see it here. Um, Ohio State is a fourteen and a half point favorite, and uh, I think they can cover that even on the road in Madison. So give me the Buckeyes here. I think I don't think they'll have a letdown after right. that Big Ten State win. Good stuff as always from Mike. Check out his uh, article looking at college football at the site, Baltimore Sports and Life, uh, later this week. Follow Mike on uh, X at Park Count CFB. Yeah, there you go. And uh, come and join the discussions, college football uh, on the board. Love to hear your thoughts. And uh, thanks for listening. Be back next week. Enjoy the games, Mike, and uh, take care. Have a great weekend.